In the beginning, the universe was created. This has made a lot of people very angry and has been widely regarded as a bad move. This show will attempt to find the good, the bad, and the weird, and convey them in a seriously irreverent way. Get ready, adventurer, and as always, we apologize for the inconvenience. Marin's becoming a pretty big deal, you know. He's got probably one of the most popular podcasts there is, and now he has his TV show on IFC. Just you haven't watched that, that's I one of the best ways to, to get to know Mark Marin. But he asked Obama, were you nervous about coming onto my show? He goes, no, no, I wasn't nervous at all because I'm, I'm the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. I would look bad if I was nervous to come on your show, Mark. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. I mean, and it, it made the, the president seem so much more normal right yes. like a regular human being that would come over to dinner at your house and crack jokes and talk about comedians and music and you know but in the midst of that also tackle some really big sure. issues absolutely so. well that's one of the things that happens though let's say for instance when somebody's campaigning you're always hearing from that person but then when they become president almost all the stuff that you hear from them is either filtered to you through the media or it's from like a press conference it's never the sort of like casual conversation and that's not something that we ever get to see much anymore of. So. Yeah, I mean, the, you get insulated even in local politics, but yeah, I can't even imagine at the, at the presidential level to be that insulated yeah. um, and to just not get to be out and talk to you know regular Americans that have their issues, their problems. Right. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool that, that he uh, – because now I'm certain he probably had – his folks, you know, get a list of the kind of questions that he would ask. Sure. But president seems to shoot from the hip pretty well too. So he does. Um, I mean, he's a pretty especially at confident this point. Character. I mean, he can't be reelected, so he is <laughs> coming near to the end of his terms, and he's like, "What do I have to well, do? I is if I say something that's going to be fun, he's going. Yeah, to do like, some don't cool you stuff. feel like he's kind of doing a victory lap right now yeah. around the country? <laughs> he's kind of like going into red states and saying, "Hey, guess what." I'm better than you are right now. <laughs> I mean, he was in Wisconsin basically making fun of the governor there who's was running really? for president. Scott, oh, what, wait, yeah. Scott Walker's Scott running Walker. for president? Yeah. What? Yeah. So he goes oh, to Wisconsin and he's holding, you know, basically like a, a pep rally in red state talking about how great Minnesota is and what all the things that they've done in a very democratic state and how they have this surplus and they have, you know, they've created, you know, two, 300,000 jobs over the last couple of years. And, um, you know, that they're so much more successful than their neighboring red state, Wisconsin, that he's in and, you know, kind of attributes all these things to their, you know, their governor and all the stuff that he's done wrong. I kind of wonder what he's going to say this week in Oklahoma. I mean, right. why come to Oklahoma? There are federal prisons all over the country. Why come to yeah, one in Oklahoma? Is he, why is he picking this one? Well, so I to, kind of feel like we should just start yeah, the show. Start. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, I that's like sort of things we want to talk about, already. obviously. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's add an intro later. Let's just keep yeah. going. Well, let's just, we'll just jump into the, the intro and we'll, we'll do a little editing magic. All right. Yeah. Hi, I'm Stephen. I'm Aaron. And I'm John. And we're sitting with Jason Dunnington, Oklahoma House District Representative. 88? For, uh, House District 88 Representative. 
88 our, mi- our representative. 88 yes. miles an hour. Best district in Oklahoma. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. The fighting 88. <laughs> oh, I, I got to give you a fist bump. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> 88's an amazing number. It is an amazing number. Although, be I'll be honest, every time, like, when I started to wrap my head around running for office and it was mm-hmm. 88, I was like, I feel like that's a NASCAR number. And I'm yeah. not really a NASCAR fan. And then all of a sudden, I'm like... Okay, I I don't know how to deal with that, but all right, all right, so I'll go with it. Well, when this baby hits eighty eight, you're going to see some serious shit. So. Yeah, that's back to the future, man. Well, it is. It's a great honor to have you here. Thank on you the for show. coming on the show. And, yeah, um, thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough to have a conversation with you. I know there's not really a whole lot to talk about. Except for at all, let me pull up my list. Yeah, it's the magic of Twitter, though, right? So yeah. a few comments on Twitter, and then all of a sudden, it's like, "Hey, would you be interested in coming on the show?" Like, "Heck yeah, of course I would." And well, those comments on well, Twitter were what? And that that was actually what we were just talking about: Obama coming Obama to the coming. to the state yeah. this week. Right. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be great for mm-hmm. you know Jason Dunnington to host Obama at the pump for a beer? Well, and, and that's then... kind of the whole Mark Maron thing is kind of where we were joking about like, well, he just did Mark Maron, he can come do our podcast, right? Like, he's Absolutely. got no problem with podcasts, so screw it. Let's, t- let's tweet well, at Well, if, if POTUS wants to come on our podcast, will you join us again? And you bet, be our representative. You All bet. Right, then this is a quick call out to uh, President Barack Obama when you're in Oklahoma. Join the Wafty Show and Representative Jason Dunnington. He asked me to call him Barry. Yes, good. Barry. Barry. Yeah. Yeah. He and I were tweeting earlier. Okay. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm impressed. Good job. He should be. <laughs> so he's going to be here when? On Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday down in Durant, I believe, um, addressing, talking with Choctaw Nation. Mm-hmm. And then um, and the big deal for him is that he's been to the state twice, right? right. And each time that he's come, it's been kind of like a fly-through. He's come in, uh, had official president business, and then back out. But he's staying the night in Oklahoma. He is, yeah. And so that's like the big deal is, you know, you, you really, you know, got on the map when the president stays the night yeah. in your state. So now no one knows where he's staying. But I was hoping Oklahoma City because well, we could take Dur- him around, you know, House District 88. Well, absolutely. absolutely. He's in Durant for the Choctaw thing. And then he's going to El Reno. So, he's I mean, OKC is basically in the middle You'd of think it'd be the most secure place for him to stay too and you know i'm trying to picture you know like having uh some local coop beer at the pump or exactly, you know right. at oak and or something with right. the prez i mean he yeah. likes to hang out with the people he does. So let's go get him a cigar I, right yeah. yeah he needs to try the you're wearing the energy shirt he's yeah, got to try so the, the new what is, right so, what, what was the, the name of the new energy beer? it's the upper 90 upper 90. upper 90 yeah another great local pair. brewery anthem you know doing a really great job and we, so. we, we, we get to spend a lot of time hanging we, out with We Anthem have stuff. some stuff to show off now. We're not just that yeah. backwards red state. Bring him to the bubble. <laughs> well, the I don't bubble. know. We, we kind of still are that backwards red state. Wow. So we, yeah, we, yeah. We're working on that, though. We're working, working on, on that. eating away at it from the inside. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you know, we're, we're pushing out our, our progressive bubble. You yes. Know, so we're our little cancerous growth. Spreading our wings a bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So he's he's coming to visit the federal penitentiary, and what is the reason for the visit? Well, What's prompting that? I mean, from what I have read, I'm sure like you guys, is that um, that one of the kind of initiatives he's pushing the last couple of years of his presidency is criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. And so no sitting president has ever visited a federal penitentiary. That's crazy. That's crazy. Which seems you know kind of like unlikely, but um, he'll be the first, and so he's chosen uh, the, the federal pen in El Reno. And I feel like a couple so, of weeks... Weeks ago, we were talking about something. It wasn't related to this at all, but we were talking about federal penitentiaries. Well, we were talking about the Oklahoma County Jail. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is one of the 
kind of considered well, one of the, I, the worst. The populations <laughs> between a county yeah. jail and a federal penitentiary are a little different, right? Right. I would think. But the, the, the El Reno prison, I'm not sure if um, President Obama picked it himself or Vice News because Vice News is actually going to be there as well. Yeah. I'm not sure if you guys follow uh, Vice yeah, News, yeah. but they're that uh, they're an internet media company out of Canada. Um, they're the ones doing a documentary about the federal oh, penitentiary that's right. system. There is a documentary being made. So they're going to be interviewing Obama there. The other thing about the prison in Enid, too, is that was the first main home for Timothy McVeigh. If you'll recall, and that's it where was. all the interviews yeah. with McVeigh were done that helped produce that book called American Terrorist in the El Reno Penitentiary. Yeah. Before yeah. they transferred him to before Indiana, I think. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean that 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 prison has some history behind it. Yeah. I just want to know how that conversation went down, right? So okay, we need you to pick a federal penitentiary you'd like to go see. I mean, you know, they're 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 all kind of sprinkled around, you know, like which one you think would be good for you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, How do you choose? I don't know. I've always <laughs> yeah. wanted one of those El Reno onion burgers, so uh, let's go El Reno. All right. Yeah. Let's base it around food. Oh, I'm sure you'll have some protesters out there, right, God, that yeah. you know have ludicrous stuff on signs uh, about our president. So Westboro when, will find a reason to go out there. Yeah. yeah. It'll yeah. happen. But it's going gonna, it's gonna to make for an interesting week. That's always an interesting week when he's in town, so... It should, yeah, and we've got uh, we've got primary elections this week, which nobody knows about. Uh, um, so was it di- House District eighty five's Republican it, primary? Right. Amy Palumbo, uh, Amy Palumbo, so yeah, and she's uh, campaigning pretty hard. Right Jackson now. and uh, Chip Carter, which is the all of the the kind of house money, if you will, has mm-hmm. gone behind all the chambers, all the kind of the big political money has been behind Carter. Uh, but then you have Crawford, who's the retired firefighter, um, Vietnam vet, and um, you know he's he's kind of a wild card in there. And I've I've heard a lot recently about him having having this strong push at the end. So and it's winner take all. Right. So and that's coming up on two. Is it Tuesday? Tuesday? Yeah. Now the winner take all for the Republican primary, and then they'll have to face. Um, Cindy Munson, the Democrats' okay. candidate in right. uh, in September, who ran you know last time against Dank and had a great showing, and she's a remarkable young lady. And got that, uh, is it just District eighty five that's having an election? Ju- uh, eighty five and um, what's the other number? Um, it's Tulsa um, for uh, uh, Representative Matthews. Okay, he ran for the Senate seat that opened for when Senator Shoemate. Mm-hmm. Um, retired or left at the beginning of session. So Matthews took his seat, and now that seat's got a, a primary on Tuesday as well. And there's seven guys, Democrats in that. But If you guys out there don't know what district you're in, go look it up. Figure it out. Yeah, that's go right. vote. If it's your time to come up and vote, go vote, because your votes count in this. Yeah, that's a, an interesting thing, too, where you say your votes count. So we've heard all of this commentary the last couple of weeks since the – the uh, Supreme Court made the decision on the Ten Commandments, right, yeah. and um, I you hear over and over and over uh, politicians that say, um, "Well, you know, the majority of Oklahomans have right. spoken, and the majority of Oklahomans okay. want this." Or the majority, right. the Supreme Court made the the same sex marriage decision, and you hear so many uh, politicians right. in Oklahoma that say, "Well, the majority of Oklahomans, you know, don't want this," and I'm like, "The majority." The majority don't even vote. Right. I don't know right. what majority you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, what are you but, gauging this on? Yeah, I mean, when you only have 29% of 
your voting population that actually votes. I mean, there's not a majority doing anything. So I wonder. I wonder. Great what point. Happen. So go vote. I wonder what would happen if we could set it up so that, say, for instance, when primaries come around or just any other election comes around, of say, like on a Friday and Saturday night, we could set up, say, like a polling booth at the pump because. There's a yeah, lot right. of people well, that are in that majority that maybe you could get <laughs> them to cast yeah. their you're, vote then. You're also opening the door to intoxicated voting. Well, I don't have a problem with that. I don't yeah. know. Sometimes <laughs> I'm more honest when I'm intoxicated. Right, that's, right. You know, that's a really valid point. <laughs> you do have a tendency to be more honest. So maybe you're casting a better vote. So says your twin brother. I mean, I just, <laughs> yeah. it, Lord knows you can't trust him. <laughs> hey. Yeah, I mean, there are, right. other, there are other ways. I mean, so again, you, you hear uh, so many politicians talk about the majority and how it's so important to, um, uh, you know, make sure that they're, um, you know, representing the majority of Oklahomans, make sure they're representing the majority's opinion. Well, if it's that important to you, then why not open up voting laws in Oklahoma? You know, why be so restrictive when it comes to the one thing that you say you're trying to protect, which is the people's choice. Right. So let's do like Oregon. Let's do mail-in ballots. Let's, Perfect. you know, get rid of our, our polling places and just everyone goes to a mail ballot. I mean, Oregon has, what, 78% of, of the electorate participates that's in elections insane. in Oregon? Yeah, okay, so that sounds like a much what, better solution what, than trying to go in and repeal the part of the Constitution. Yeah, if is, you really care about people participating, right. then stop blocking the ability for people to vote. What yeah, about like, the possibility of voting on our phones? See, I mean, been, everybody has a phone. Everybody checks them. Yeah, that's what been if you my just thing. had an email address and then on the voting time you get a notification that says, here's the ballot, pick well, one now. here's the thing. Yeah. You know, I'm sitting in a bar the other night and it starts raining like it's been doing around here. And everybody, at the same time, everybody's phone goes off with a flash flood alert. Yeah. Because they've got, lo it's all location-based. So this county in Oklahoma has a flash flood. So we're going to push this warning out to all the phones in Oklahoma County. Why can't we use that exact same technology? Be like, hey, District 88. Doot, doot. Oh, hey, look, primary election's up. You can vote for so and so or so and so. And so let's yeah. say it has like Jason Dunnington. Touch here to read more about Jason Dunnington. Yes. And here's yeah. all the bills he's offered. Yes. Oh, I like this guy. Vote. Or These are all of his really stupid tweets. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These are all of his really. Yeah. Here's a link here for last year's summer vacay pics. <laughs> the interactiveness of Here's that, a link like, to his MySpace yeah. page back in college when he was posting. I could, yeah. I could, before right. voting, I This could makes him really old because he had a MySpace account. on all levels before voting. It's one of the things we like to promote on here is our, our Wafty MySpace account. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's not one. Just kidding. Don't go onto MySpace. <laughs> but yeah, I, I've, I've been with Aaron. I've been thinking about that for a long time. It's like... There's so many different ways, because I know the whole thing with voting is you want to uniquely identify an individual. You don't want people voting multiple times and all that kind of stuff. But we have so many different things that are tied to us as an individual at this point, whether it's social security numbers or technology. or Sure. Like, we've got to embrace some new way besides literally going to a Absolutely, a church do. sitting in a box with a pencil and scribbling on a piece yeah, of paper. Don't you think, like, though, I mean, at least it's my perspective that the reason we still do that is control, right? Because you control who's voting right. when you do it that way. But if you start to open it, if you really care about people participating, it'd already be open up. But right. you don't really care about people participating. You only care about the people that you want to participate. Yes. Because right. then you can keep doing the things the same archaic way that you do right. it now. Um, and, you know, you, you have a system that works for you. Yeah. Um, so. Has there ever been a time or anybody that has the idea of tackling vote reform? Is that ever something that is an Yeah, we had some bills address? come up um, uh, this last session. I, 
Ed, Senator Holt brought up probably, I don't know, six or seven different um, uh, voting bills, if you will. Right. He and I are usually on opposite sides uh, of the, uh, you know, the fence on issues. But on that, you know, I was supportive of, of a number of the, of the different, um, you know, new ways to, to vote. One of them that we actually got past this legislative session, the governor signed, was um, that you could uh, register to vote online. So that seems like such a no-brainer. That is a no-brainer. That <laughs> wow, you should I be able to go that. online and register to vote so that you would get your voter ID. Now you'd still have to go and, you know, vote at your at mm-hmm. your Cuz right now to register you place. still have to go to like the DMV. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you so, either you either do it at the polling place you can get the registration stuff or or you had to go yeah to a tag agency or DMV to to get. I mean, yeah. So that seemed like a no-brainer, but we still had a lot of debate over that, you know. Um, and it was all the same argument, you know, anytime you do something online, this is really sensitive. I'm like, so you don't bank online? Oh, right. well, that, that's, that's different. How? How is it yeah. different? <laughs> I mean, Honestly, you'll trust bank- all of your money yeah. to do that online, but voting, no. It, you so know? it, it really comes down so. to that control then. I yeah. Mean, 100%. I just, yeah. I mean, it, it, it seems to me so transparent that it's control, mm-hmm. but, you know, yet we still are, you know kind of trying to push through that issue or that ceiling. So we'll see. Hopefully we'll – maybe this year we'll show that it was a, a first step in the right direction on on passing some stuff mm-hmm. that will help us have more, you know, voter participation. Right. So Well, back on the uh, Ten Commandments issue, the state Supreme Court saying that they had to take down the Ten Commandments. Um, and just to brag on you a little bit, you have an MA in theology. You have a PhD in sociology. You've been a teacher. You're a father. You've been a pastor. So you have. A You're saying I've gone to school too much, aren't you? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> just saying you're, you're you're a very educated, very educated man with a lot of experience. One of the things that you had mentioned, um, you know, in lieu of a lot of the backlash that the state supreme court has been getting, you know, you said that it's it's a win for both sides, people of faith and you know people that are really about the separation of church and state. Um, how how has it been for you? Uh, have you had anybody, you know, any of your constituents, kind of come to you expressing their anger about this decision or even their joy about the decision? I no, I haven't had any like that have specifically reached out on that topic. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, I follow some of the constituents on Twitter and Facebook and things like that, or interact with them on my own Facebook. Um, uh, and so, yeah, no, I haven't had anyone that specifically um, reached out on that issue. And you know, I was at the Capitol the, that week picking up some mail, going through some stuff. And I had kind of gone by offices just to say hello to the folks that work up there throughout the year. They're mm-hmm. doing the kind of the grunt work that makes the rest of us look good. And yeah. so I was talking to a number of the legislative assistants um, and just saying, hey, have you had a lot of calls on this, um, you know, from different districts? None. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, it's this whole kind of trumped up, fabricated outrage over the Ten Commandments, but actual calls to the Capitol on it, zero. I mean, and I talked to probably five <laughs> or six legislative assistants, wow. zero calls on it. So then, according it just to social media, it was the biggest event. Yeah, I mean, it. yeah, it's the biggest fabricated event. I mean, sure, are there people upset in Oklahoma? Of course there are, you know, but well, there are people I, upset about everything. Right, that's so. true. Yeah. But then, yeah, I guess you have people that put together news articles and they're like, look at these tweets. And they go through and find like five different tweets where they're like, oh, I'm so glad my parents aren't alive to see this happen to our state. And we're 
you know, not going to be able to turn back from this, and we're all going to hell now. It's- yeah, I bet half the people that were outraged about it didn't even know there was a Ten Commandments monument <laughs> on the Capitol grounds. Wow. You know, it's like, oh, my God, we got the Ten Commandments, and you're taking it away from us? You know, and they're like, I didn't How know How often did you there. visit it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah do you outrage. Ever- <laughs> did you go there every week and visit this monument? <laughs> I, I, know, I know members that didn't know where it was, you know, wow. that didn't know. Yeah, that was on the north side of the Capitol. Like, where is that exactly? <laughs> like, what door do I Which go was- out to? To see that <laughs> so i mean it's yeah it's the crazy thing it seems like in the grand scheme of things it's such a small issue to even be a to be even be blown up to get news at all it's almost a small issue i mean i guess the supreme with the the rulings and the the appeal or whatever that has been filed for it makes it a deal but yeah i mean we all know that it's not it's not the the physical monument of commandments right. that's the issue that we're debating right. i mean yeah. we're debating religion is what we right. are and so yes religion is is a much bigger issue than just a you know a, a monument of stone tablets that are you know on the north side of the of the capital complex and then so, not only that whatever you know religious influence that might be occurring within the state capital is going to occur whether that stone tablet is up there or not. It's not like right. the removal of that is, you know, going to sway anybody from, you know, interjecting their religious beliefs upon how they write, you know, it's laws. Not, it's yeah, and it's not like it's resulted in us as a state saying, well, these commandments don't mean anything. Right. Because right. We're getting rid of this piece of rock that is actually the second version of the piece of rock that was already destroyed. <laughs> somebody like, drove into it. Right. Be the third time that they come out. Well, the first yeah. time they were up there, they misspelled something, so they, they, they had to like, take it down. Yeah. Yeah. So then, you know, that's what it was. Doing. Um, there was no spell checking in granite. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but they fixed it, and they put it back. Well, I guess they fixed it because the guy drove into it. Yeah. My whole argument on it was it... If if the Supreme Court rules that it shouldn't be there, then you know, then take it down. Take right. It down. I mean, because you know, believe it or not, we we do have three branches of government, <laughs> right? So <laughs> you guys knew I'd have to go there, right? Yeah. right. Yeah. I, I'm oh, glad you did. You. I totally yeah. forgot. <laughs> so who forgets if, their own branch of government? Right. If one of <laughs> right, <laughs> not just leave one out, but your, <laughs> your own your branch own. of government, right? So if if one of the three branches of government rules, and that's why we have three branches. I mean, it's it's the checks and balances, and they rule that base, and not just rule like five four. I mean, it was seven two. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a pretty resounding decision that yeah. this should be removed. So if that's the case, then remove it. You know, and let's let's make a bigger argument and let's make a bigger stink about the fact that education, you know, is terrible in Oklahoma. Right. That we still have yet to, you know expand Medicaid to ensure, you know, another 100,000 of Oklahoma's most vulnerable citizens. I mean, if we want to take a stand on um, our Christian morals and protecting, you know, those morals and protecting, you know, that religious belief, then let's actually do something that moves the needle for people's lives, which is what I believe Jesus would have done. Because I doubt he would have held a vigil to keep, you know, stone tablets on the north side of the Capitol. Yeah, you know? well, in, 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 the, in the Bible, those original Ten Commandments were destroyed because he, you know, they didn't feel like they were being followed. Well, or, or I also, for the record, feel like that Jesus would hang out at the pump, you know. I think he would, well, too. I mean, on, a, on a hot rod. Right. Yeah. I mean, because, like, he, he was a man of the his, people. He was like, a man of the people. He liked to be, you know, with 
you know, like the the folks of the day that he could, you know, spread the gospel mm-hmm. to. So, I mean, I think that he would have been comfortable Absolutely. at the pump. He's also know? a huge fan of cornhole. So, so I mean, yes. right? <laughs> They've got most the most cornhole. Yeah. I'd love for Jesus to come up to you at the pump and go, hey, man, you got a lighter? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I got this right here. Here you go. <laughs> man, this guy's cool. You should bring him around more often. <laughs> Um, so that education is one of the other uh, things that you're a, a strong supporter of, making sure that, um, you know, not only do our children in the state have access to great education, but also that we're going to retain our teachers. Yeah, I mean, it's – this will take us into the conversation of the ludicrous. I mean, yep. the education is is broken in yeah. Oklahoma, and, and it's not just that – that we need to pay teachers more, that we have an issue with testing. Um, the whole system is broken right now. And the thing that's the, the most frustrating to me as a, as a parent of young children um, is that if we don't wrap our minds around fixing education now, then 10 years from now, you can't hit the reset button. Mm. So yeah. that's the one thing that I go out and, uh, you know, I, I got a, a lot of uh, a lot of grief, I think, when I ran of um, getting endorsed by the, some of the chamber groups. But when I went out and sought endorsement from the chamber, it wasn't that I was asking that you know asking to to be the next person that just pushes the green button whenever the chamber says so. Mm-hmm. It was because I wanted to go out and tell the chamber that if you don't help fix education, then your whole institution is busted. Because who do you think are going to take the jobs that you're trying to create in Oklahoma if you have uneducated workforce? You won't have anybody. You're not going to have a I mean, legacy, yeah. You're, you know, we talk about STEM education, right? Science, technology, ed- uh, engineering, and mathematics. Mm-hmm. 19% of the jobs in the Oklahoma City market over the next 10 years are going to need someone that has a STEM background. Right. We have about 2% of the people that can take those jobs. Wow. About two percent. So where do you get the rest of them from? Yeah. Well, you have to import those job or import those people into Oklahoma. But then we have you know laws that we're passing to ban stem cell research. And I go talk to the chamber and say, how do you make this work? Yeah. Right. So you're supporting the biosciences. You're supporting creating new jobs. You're supporting STEM. And you're also supporting all the the nuts that pass banning stem cell research. Tell me how that works for you. And that's when they want to take you over the side and be like, hey, stop being so rational, you know? Like, stop being so rational? Are you yeah. serious? <laughs> like, you're, you're making <laughs> us look bad here. But that's the deal. I mean, we have to engage all of these groups on working to fix education. Yeah. And it shouldn't be that, that it has to be fixed, you know, with Democrat ideas or with Republican ideas. It should be fixed with Oklahoma ideas and make it better for Oklahoma right. children. But it's, right. everybody so. cares about education. So it, right. If it's not bipartisan and if it's not bringing together all the groups in Oklahoma City that, or in Oklahoma that could have anything to do with it, then... Just put it all on the table, you know, yeah. and yeah, let's what, do what something. Is good, what good is creating 10,000 jobs when you only have 1,000 people to take those jobs? And how are you going to get the other 9,000 people to move here if if they won't come because your your they public education is broken? Right, they're going right. to say, yeah. yeah, I've got, you know, three children and there's a job opportunity. Oh, here's Oklahoma. And, With their terrible oh, schools. I don't think I want my kids going to those schools. Yeah, and, Sorry, and, Oklahoma, I'm not coming. And here's the deal. 
there aren't enough private schools to, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're already full, right? right. So if you get, uh, so GE just, you know, is building their new headquarters. They're That's bringing right. 300 new yeah. um, six-figure salary jobs. And most of those, those people will come from out of Oklahoma yes, to take these jobs. And they'll, you know, hopefully they'll move into House District 88, right? Because it's the yeah. best district. Absolutely. Um, Fighting But <laughs> they'll move in. And, and so what's the one thing that they're going to want to look at first and foremost? What schools. school are my kids going to go to? Yeah. yeah. Almost every family I've ever talked to that's moving, they're moving because of a school district. Or they won't move somewhere because of the school district. Well, not only that, think about how many times that you've talked to people that, you know, maybe grew up in Oklahoma City or were living in Oklahoma City, got married, and then... Invariably, they'll say, well, we went ahead and moved to Edmond because they have better schools up there. Right. Yeah. So it's important. It's hugely important to people. Yeah. And I mean, as a sociologist, I would say that, that you know, some of the folks that are that use we're moving just because of schools are moving for some other reasons, too. Okay. But, True. You're probably uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, again, when we talk about fixing education and, you know, this is something that, that uh, you know, I've disagreed with me and my colleagues on this idea of, of uh, school choice and the, the um, ESAs, the educational um, school plans where, you know, you, get, you can get uh, vouchers, right, mm-hmm. to, to send your kids to whatever school that you want to send to. I mean, let's be honest, some of that conversation is mixed in, you know, folks that don't want their kids to, you know, go to school with other kids that don't look like theirs. Yeah. Um, and that's a problem Oklahoma City is going to have to tackle because it is true that we have an uh, increasing density of young families that are moving into the Oklahoma City area. And, and one of the great things about that is increased diversity. Increased diversity. Right. Yeah. So you should champion that. You shouldn't try to whitewash that. You and, absolutely and create, that. you know, like some school that's just for your kids yeah. when you move in. It's not, you know, you, you don't get like a blue ribbon because you move from Deer Creek, you know, into the city and look, you know, I'm, I'm living with the people, you know, <laughs> well, you, you right. get all the great things about living in the city. Right. Right. I mean, you get the Plaza district and you get the, um, the Paseo district mm-hmm. and you get the increased, uh, uh, arts and, you know, the craft breweries and you get all of the great things of living in the city. You also get diversity and that should be championed. You know, not looked at something as as being, you know, like, well, how do we fix that? Yeah. So. And it's great to have, you know, an environment to raise your child in that's that diverse as well. Absolutely. Yeah, my my daughter goes to Wilson, and I absolutely love the diversity at Wilson. It's it's, one of the things that you love about the school. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And the arts. And uh, it's it's arts integration, and it sits right there in Uptown. It's you know three blocks from my house, and so many other businesses and the neighborhoods are heavily involved in Wilson. And I think that's why it's made Wilson the best elementary school in this district. Yeah. Just because of, of the Cleveland sheer involvement. Is, Cleveland's working people. hard at, at yeah, like, uh, trying you, to take some market share there. Yeah. So. How, how do you get other Cleveland schools Elementary. To, yes, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah Cleveland's. So, yeah. They're, so they're how do you get the really same thing to happen to other schools then? Like what's happening to Wilson? Well, well like you know, like Edgemere like now is doing community school. And uh, the community school, community involvement is so important. Um, it, uh, it It's how Wilson kind of uh, transitioned decades right. ago is that a lot of the, the families that were living in Heritage and Mesta were sending their kids to private schools because mm-hmm. they wanted to live downtown, but they were still like, ooh, the schools. And then some of the parents, I think, kind of got together and said, why are we 
sending our kids to private school. Why do we not go to this school? And so those parents all kind of decided together, but that was kind of the, you know, the, the community involvement in the school and by getting involved and by saying, we're going to make this school work. Then, you know, you had that kind of critical mass of it going. So Edgemere is doing that now, and they've been, they've had a really successful first this year. Was, yeah, this was their first yeah, year. Yeah, they went through some rough changes. They did. Uh, they really yeah. did. Well, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it's, change is hard for everybody. Yeah. I mean, none of us like to change. Right. So, yeah. um, I mean, when you're talking about a, a, a massive system like education, like any change is going to be difficult, it's, but we got to, we have to try things. You got to start you know? somewhere, too. I mean, you got to get one foot out on the road somewhere. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and as we, I mean, as we turn around each one of these schools individually, you know, hopefully that'll. And Gatewood a, is starting to see, um, you know, well, yeah, some of I, that change too. I can, um, uh, me and my daughter and I ran in uh, Gatewood Elementary. Does a little five k run. They do. Yeah, the Gator was, run. The Gator run. Yeah. It was fun, you know, and that made that brought a whole lot of people into that community and brought attention to it. Gatewood did the the Kaboom playground uh, last year yes. where they brought in uh, volunteers to build it, and it was amazing. I mean, there were probably 150 cool volunteers that came out there and totally transformed you know, their outdoor play area in about six hours. Um, wow, really? Yeah, and they and they finished ahead of schedule because they had so many, so volunteers. many volunteers. Yeah, <laughs> and that's but that's the deal. It's in, It's engaging people. Um, you know, to be involved and, and you don't have to have kids to be engaged. That's you right. Know? You don't. So it's, it's part of your community. And that's that kind of, um, where I talk to, to, you know, I say young people, I hate saying that cause it makes me feel like I'm getting older, <laughs> I but think we can say that now. Yeah. yeah so when I talk to young people and I say, you know, you don't have to have kids to be involved with schools, you know, they're mentoring programs. Um, you can be an advocate for the public schools because right. if you want to live and work and play in this area, eventually you're going to have kids of your own, you know, and you need the schools to be where you want then. So engage now, you know, and then 10 years from now, you know, when, when you have your own, you know, spawn walking around, (laughs) then, then, you know, schools will be ready, uh, you know, for those kids too. And and that's kind of that light bulb where people are like, Oh, I never, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Well, speaking of engage last week, you were at engage, Okay. Yeah, the um, first ever engage. Okay, that uh, Superintendent Hoffmeister put on. So, what was that event like? Kind of, kind of give us an idea of what, what went it on was, there. It was great. I mean, it was the whole idea is to engage educators in this kind of conversation about um, you know fixing education in in Oklahoma, and it's always great. Education rallies are fun because mm-hmm. you know teachers when they all get together are a lot of fun. You know, like. They're so full of energy and, and excitement passion. and passionate, which right. they'd have to be because they work for you know minimum wage. Right. Um, and but it's it's amazing to see how energetic and excited they are to do what they do, knowing all of the the challenges that they face. Yeah. Um, and you know, I I wish that we would have had more um, you know legislators down there that would have you know kind of been able to see like how hard people work. Um, and you know, that's that, I think professors always get, you know, made fun of for the whole ivory tower thing, but I think legislators have their own ivory tower. Absolutely. They do. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you're not at something like engage Oklahoma, I mean, how are you, you know, at the level of the people and understanding where they are and what they need? Yeah. If you're not there, you're not going to understand it. Yeah, just go listen. You know, right. it's, it's amazing what yeah, you just, learn yeah, when you listen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you propose to legislate something otherwise, you know, when you don't if you don't know anything about it? Oh, I'm once you get elected, you know everything. You didn't 
You didn't know this? Oh, really? Does it come with is immediate it, knowledge of everything? Is, is, it does. Is it like I think it's matrix? like it's, they plug you in. Like I know kung fu. It does. <laughs> I mean, you're right. I mean, they just upload all of the knowledge, oh, right? So um, we you can we become experts minds. on everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all of our male legislators are now experts on female issues. Sure, they you are. Know? Absolutely. That, that explains so, a lot. Like this yeah. is really starting to make sense now. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, I'm going to run now. Yeah, no, me too. <laughs> right? For all of that knowledge? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's that easy to get. <laughs> yeah. I, want to, I want to ask you something else, too. We're actually going yeah. to get a privilege to um, sit down with uh, Penny Reynolds, who is a founder of Sisu Youth. Are you, are you familiar with this organization at all? I'm not. I mean, well, hang on. I have all of the knowledge. So, yes. yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's yes. Right. yes. Never mind. But no. I ask you that. But no. <laughs> no, tell me about it. Then. But, um, but let, let us tell him our version know. of it. Yeah. That way. <laughs> um, her episode is probably going to air actually here in a couple of weeks. But Penny Reynolds um, is the founder of an organization called uh, Sisu Youth. And the premise behind it is um, there are a lot of teenagers who belong to the LGBT community. Uh, who, you know, in their life have basically been ostracized from their community and from their social circles. Uh, and from their families. And from their families. And a lot of them become homeless. And so Penny set out to start CSU Youth um, to help these kids, to help get them off the street and help them finish their education or get a job or, you know, find a place to live. Um, and that was something that was brought up to us a few months ago that it was like, wow, I had no idea that that was even an issue or a problem. And that's something that Penny recognized and stepped up and has now started this organization that's becoming pretty successful. Um, and it seems like now, you know, is the time to start bringing some attention to it because it's something a lot of people are not aware of. Yeah, no, that's fantastic and needed. I, I talked to, I don't know if you guys have met Troy Stevenson that works with mm-hmm. uh, the Equality Network and, you know, in conversations with him, I mean, their the homelessness among LGBT youth is a lot bigger issue than I think most people know about. And it's because of that kind of, um, you know, families that ostracize members of their own family for not understanding an issue and, uh, and just pushing them out. Um, There's also a a high rate of suicide among LGBT teens and not having an outlet or a place where they can plug in, you know, makes that, that rate increase even more. So that's fantastic. Yeah. So we're, we're pretty excited about having, her come on and kind of get some more information to people about that as well. So it's just another one of those things about your community. You know, there's education. You got to get involved in that, mm-hmm. you know, and make sure you're taking care of that. But you also need to make sure and take care of everybody else yeah. you know, that you can as well. And the only way that you can do that is if you're aware of what's happening. Absolutely. You, know, you got to let people know. Yeah. Um, have, have you guys ever been out to the pride parade? Um, yes. I went a couple of years ago. I, I went this year. year in fact. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, it. I mean, at bring up LGBT issues mm-hmm. um, and having the pride parade. You know, the pride parade's the largest parade in Oklahoma every year. Yeah, yeah, and it's huge. crazy and probably it was, the funnest. Yeah, it, it is so much fun. <laughs> it is so much fun. I've taken my my kids out the last couple of years to it, and uh, you know they have a blast. Um, now I do have to tell my son not to absolutely pelt people with candy. You know, <laughs> as he throws out, he gets a little bit excited. You know, just starts hucking candy you, at the crowd, you. right? But yeah, I mean it. It's uh, it's an amazing event um, and and a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, and I, I you know I think they had thirty thousand people out this year. Awesome. Um, for it, so and fifty or sixty floats in the parade. Well, and so yeah, and, no, it's uh, what was it's the a band? Great time. 
Who oh, they had, uh, oh, village, they had people village people play. come out. Yeah. yeah, Last year, Taylor Dane came out and played. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean they uh, get great music acts. They do. They do. And if you, yeah, I mean, it's not just the parade on Sunday, but if you go out to the right. concert, because they, they build up you through they the do. weekend doing concerts and they day. block off the street. I mean, it's it's a it's a really great event, you know? Yeah. So, and economic development. I mean, totally. That, that whole, that whole area. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Over the last 10 years. Is it's booming with the, with no the pun boom. Intended, the no pun intended, but you know, Well, it's like if you look at there, there's the boom, so it's like a booming area. The bar like next door to that is Phoenix Rising. Yeah, Phoenix so Rising. There you go, yeah. So <laughs> rising from the ashes of the <laughs> That's 39th awesome. Street. I mean, and that dates back. I mean, Angles. I mean, you've got... Yeah, like, even when I was right out of college, just because it was one of the better clubs in the city, me and my friends would go hang out at the rec room. Some of the best DJs in Oklahoma City played right. the rec yeah. room, even though it was a quote-unquote, you know, at that time. I think it was maybe at that time kind of transitioning into a gay bar type situation, but it was... Fun. You know, at some point we're gonna stop calling places gay bars because yeah, right. who calls it's it a straight a bar? bar? Yeah. Right. I'm gonna go to the pump, you know, the straight bar on the corner over here. Yeah. I mean, at some point it's, it's the, just a bar, it's the right? Gay like, marriage, marriage thing. It's right. like yeah, like exactly. it just. I'm they, gonna go to the bar because it's fun. They didn't legalize and stop, gay like, marriage. You know, they legalized putting the marriage. quote marks on it. So, yeah. but yeah, no, it's it's a it's a great event that that they put on every year, and um, so it. It's a lot of fun. So, yeah. Anyone listening that's not been, you that's know, to Pride cool. Week, go yeah. participate next year because it's awesome. Yeah. And make, regardless of your own orientation or whatever, I mean, it's not a, like, I was there this year and I absolutely did not, I'm straight, I did not feel uncomfortable in any way. In fact, I had a fantastic time. I hung out in Phoenix Rising for like two hours, drinking with people and playing darts. And it was just like any other. It's a bar, so, right? It's, it's a, a bar, bar. Yeah, that serves adult beverages. And, right, and we're has, all human beings. And by the yeah. way, they pour them pretty strong there too. Like, there you so, go. <laughs> inside scoop. Yeah, a little insider info for you. <laughs> right, they do not go lightly on the vodka. That is for sure. <laughs> well, Jason, how uh, how do your constituents contact you? If some of our listeners are in District eighty eight, if they want to bring up an issue with you, how do they let you know? Um, well, you can uh, always call the Capitol. Um, I wish I knew what my number was up there, but yeah, it seems like phones are so outdated, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. who calls anyone anymore? Um, well, you're just at the pump but, every Thursday right, night. Here we go. Right? So, yeah. It's uh, 405-557-7396. There you go. There you and go. And then your email, jason.dunnington at okhouse.gov. But you're also on Twitter. Yeah, always. And which you guys can help me with this. I need more Twitter followers. Like, how? What's the magic here on this? I mean, I don't know, we're still working on it too. I it I've seems tried like to, the more we engage other people you on it, you, you have people, to engage. Tweet at start, other people around yeah. Oklahoma City, and then they'll retweet you, and then people will start seeing that you're on there, and then you'll start racking. That's up what it is. Like, I, I keep trying to get to that magic like thousand number, yeah. and uh, you know, I'm still about a hundred or so, you know, behind. Yeah. So, so instead of just like a like at a, Jay Dunnington, um, at Jay is, Dunnington, yeah. At Jay so everybody listening, go to Twitter, like. At Jay Dunnington, follow, follow, follow. Yeah. follow. I've been working. I've been working oh, on Facebook man. likes lately. That's been. Yeah, you're so much older than me. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> That's why I'm the one who runs our MySpace yeah. page. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Twitter, and then you know, during session we had uh, we had coffee chat every Friday, um, and that was something that I always put out on Twitter and put out on the Vote Jason really? uh, Dunnington Facebook page. Yeah, because so I got really. Um, I don't know if it's jaded or frustrated with the fact that when when I was running for office, you know, 
out every night knocking doors. I mean, I, I think I knocked 14,000 doors um, during the campaign season. That's not an exaggeration. 14,000. 14,000, yeah. Yeah, um, I can't imagine how many people you talked to. I mean, I'd, I remember when you came to my house and sat on my front porch yeah. and just spent well, and, part of an evening with us. And there are a lot of you know folks that I went three, four times. Yeah. You know, people that were like, you, you really don't have to come back anymore. <laughs> you know, like, it's okay. You're like, <laughs> we're, we're good here. You know, stalking me. Yeah. Knock on the door, yeah. the lights are turn out. And they're right. Like, they're like, Dunnington he's at the door again. <laughs> if we're quiet, he'll go away. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so you have all of, of the legislators that, that go out, do all that process campaign season, win the election, and then you don't see them again. Mm-hmm. And and I just thought, well, that's no good. You know, I mean, part of what, what I really learned in running was about the district through people that live, work, and play in the district. And so um, all through the session, every Friday, um, and it rotated, um, it, one week it would be in the morning and it'd be for coffee so that folks that could stop by on the way to work and then the next week, it would be happy hour, so that if you couldn't make a morning, you could make an afternoon. And we just moved it all around the district. So we went to Red Cup and nice. Cuppies and Joe, and um, we were at District House. Uh, and then we were um, at uh, Oak and Ore. We went to... Um, uh, where else did we go for happy Somewhere hour? We went Midtown. to Empire. Um, Empire yeah. We went to... Um, the uh, granddads um so yeah we would do that and then just you know i'd put it on twitter and anybody show up and we had lots of folks come through and so it was just a way where constituents could come in and you know actually talk to their house member and say you know i'm really pissed about this or i really you know like this or i really want this and there was good discussion and and believe it or not we had republicans and democrats that came because um, i like to talk about how progressive house district 88 is but fact of the matter is is about 40 percent of the district is registered independent or republican and i represent them too and so you know i had always wanted to be someone that said you know come out, like talk. Like if you're upset about something, like let's, let's have a good, you know, discussion about it. I mean, it doesn't matter that you're Republican and that I'm Democrat. It makes no difference. Right. It does Because it. once you're elected, like you said, you're everybody's rep. That's right. I represent 39,000 people, regardless if you vote, regardless if you're Democrat, Republican, right. male, female, straight, gay, yeah. you know, Methodist, uh, you know, Catholic, you know, you represent them all. And I, I've always wanted to be someone that, that didn't forget that, you know, um, you know, now I have my own kind of progressive roots. I have my own ideas that, you know, I'd like to see us move, um, as a state, but it doesn't mean that I don't still represent someone that disagrees with me wholeheartedly on that. And I'll go sit on their front porch and I'll listen to their ideas and, um, you know, and I'm always open to, to learn more. So, So are you still doing these? I, I did them all through session, and oh, okay. um, I haven't done one this summer, but uh, I've actually thought about getting out and, uh, and knocking some doors this summer. So it's not campaign season, but it still was one of the things that I enjoyed. It's one of the things that I enjoyed being a pastor was just being with people. It's one of the reasons why I was so interested in sociology um, is that I just I like people. So of all different backgrounds and you know I like learning new things and so when you get out and knock doors you learn a lot of you new do. stuff really a lot do. of stuff that you wouldn't imagine that you would learn right <laughs> so <laughs> which in, you know equips you to better represent the people I in hope your district so. you know you've got to you can't represent somebody who you don't know 
So just the, I was impressed with how much you were out there on foot, just constantly getting to know everybody. It was amazing. Well, thanks. So awesome. Should we wrap it up? We hitting about time? Yeah, I think we've. Done that was so good. fast. It is. It flies by. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's for at least forty minutes or so. Uh, well, we can we can gab. I mean, we can yeah. keep going. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. We, we could. We I don't know what your day is. We like. can yeah. pull a Mark Barron three hour podcast here. If you want. <laughs> We'll so leave I guess that up to him and the president. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, uh, "Cement Trunk" off the album. Cement truck. That's what I said. I just had a little nasal in there. <laughs> Cement. Tr- ce- Cement truck. Cement now you right. totally Cement got him truck. on yeah. this game. Now. Thanks a lot. I totally so, screwed it up. Hey, when POTUS is here next week, you're gonna yeah, have to I'm step have that to game yeah. up. Can't do this with POTUS so, here. Have to right, do some Steven. vocal warms up. <laughs> oh man, unique I'm really New York. It. Unique New York. Okay, let's start over. We have to thank Joshua Path for the use of our theme song, "Cement Truck." Off the album Between Nailed Heaven it. and Jonestown. <laughs> Don't interrupt me. Jeez. Between Heaven and Jonestown. That was recorded by Kurt PR. Kurt's, Kurt's awesome. awesome. And is available on iTunes, Apple Music, CD Baby, anywhere the internet can be found. And remember, you guys, as you go out in District 88 and visit all of our local restaurants and bars and pubs, make sure you take care of those who take care of you. Tip your waiters, your waitresses, your bartenders, your servers, your wait staff. Show them some love. They're out there working hard for you. And remember Dalton's third rule about Roadhouse. Be nice. <laughs> you guys seen Roadhouse Dalton? lately? No. Dalton from Roadhouse, Patrick Swayze. He <laughs> gives three rules for being a bouncer at the road at Double Deuce. Well, be nice. Well, while you keep that in mind, uh, don't forget either that we do appreciate your support here at the Wafty Show. We now have it set up so that you can become a Wafty Knight. That's K-N-I-G-H-T. We will knight you. Um, you can go to our page. You can follow the link bit.ly slash Wafty Knight. You can go there and become a monthly supporter or uh, one of our benefactors for a one-time donation. So if you can help support us, we'd really appreciate that. It helps us make our show better. and. Uh, allows us to do a lot more fun things. Well, if you're a lady, you can become a a dame. A dame, a lofty dame. We have two, don't we? Should we thank our our two? Yeah, well, actually, I was just going to say, it had helped us buy this coffee. We went to Elemental this morning and bought a bag of sheer. Nice. So Rachel Apple, who was one of the baristas there, specifically funded us so that we could buy coffee. Thank you, Rachel. For our guests. So Jason appreciates that right now. And then we had another donator. And then Laura. Laura? Laura Messinot from Elemental also became a dame. They're both amazing ladies who literally fuel most they of have the people been in the city. Absolutely. <laughs> and Laura is a huge advocate for public education. Yes, she is. And uh, so she's she is a dame for education in Oklahoma, too. Absolutely. Yeah, we love her. She's great. So we come out with an episode every Monday. You can find us at waftyshow.com. That's W-A-F-T-I show.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram, at Wafty Show, Facebook.com slash Wafty Show. And we swear we're going to go right now and upload this, <laughs> the last six episodes to SoundCloud. I've got a post-it note over there that has we're doing SoundCloud it. written on it. We're going to do it right now at SoundCloud.com slash Wafty Show. One more thing real quick. Uh, you, you can still use uh, the discount, listen to Wafty, at The Escape. That is correct. If you want to go check out The Escape. Um, that is listen the number two wafty all one word it gives you 10% off your your booking at the escape OKC remember go out there and get your new copy territory OKC and I just talked to those guys again and they are still like their their train is literally non-stop they are working on some amazing new stuff so for the escape for the escape yeah, so definitely pay attention to them too alright so we'll see you guys next all week right, thank, thank you Jason. Jason absolutely thanks for having me guys yeah. woo Get the whiskey, baby I'll get the wine